right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Hey, Jesus didn't have a microphone. He did pretty good. So, um, well, good morning, everybody. Um, my name is Tyler Hardy. I'm the senior pastor here at Antioch. If I have not met you, would love to meet you after the service. And um, uh, But just want to say, so thankful that you're here this morning. Uh, and for our church family, so glad you're here today. Um, you know, I want to start out just by sharing a little bit about 9-11. Um, you know, it was my freshman year at Texas A&M, uh, uh, September 11th, 2001. And um, so, you know, if you're 21 years old or later, then this was part of your world when it happened. And just as a refresher, on September 11, 2001, um, uh, uh, not only did we have... Uh, uh, two planes hijacked and crashed into the Twin Towers in New York City, uh, but also two other planes were uh, hijacked as well, and one crashed in the Pentagon, and then one uh, was uh, averted from crashing into wherever it was going, be it the White House or somewhere else, into a field in Pennsylvania. And I think as many of us know, uh, nearly 3,000 people lost their lives that day, um, and not only that, but there are thousands of others that have experienced injuries and um, things from their breathing and stuff for years after. And, you know, 9-11 was a day that was a shock uh, to our country. Uh, never had a uh, terrorist attack like that on that scale um, on our shores. And, um, you know, when I was a, a freshman, just going to take my very first math exam, it was a calculus exam, literally is when that happened. And, um, you know, if you were alive then, you probably know exactly where you were uh, around, uh, around that time when the planes hit the towers. And, you know, I, I encourage you just, you know, as an aside, when it comes to painful things in our history, right, things that are tragedy, things that are challenging, I encourage you not to avoid them but to actually learn from them. And then to say, okay, how can I find God in this? How can I not allow this pain, this war, this suffering to make me bitter? But how do I allow to say, okay, God, show me, reveal to me, teach me. I want to I wanna learn from it. And I think when I look back at 9-11, there's a lot of things I learned. And one of the things is that <clears throat> you are reminded of in the midst of great tragedy, there's usually always great sacrifice and heroism. And I think you can look at anything like that. You can either look at just the dark side of something or you can look at, you can look at the light side of something as well. And, um, you know, whether it was firefighters rushing into a burning tower that's 120-some stories tall and they're trying to get people out, or if it was people rescuing people on the streets as buildings were crumbling, or if it was the brave people on the Flight 93 that decided to um, take on the hijackers and bust into the cockpit and take that plane down instead of it crashing into another building where it'd kill maybe thousands more people. Those are the moments and stories you don't realize then, but looking back, you realize, wow, um, people still at their core, when it comes to that crisis moment, when it comes to that desperation moment, something comes out of them that says, I'm willing to take a bullet. I'm willing to stand in the gap. Now, when things are comfortable and easy, we tend to just kind of keep to our own, you know, but in times of crisis or in moments of war, um, what I love reading about and learning and seeing in my own life is the people to step up 
in that moment that you never would have thought would have. And I say that because we have the belief that God created us. We didn't come from some organism or some big bang deal. We came from God. We were made in his image. We are created, crafted by him, put into our mother's womb, born into this world. And yet we have his imprint, his, his, we are made in his likeness, men and women alike. And not just in his likeness, uh, uh, aesthetically, but we are made in his image and his heart. And so sometimes we get led astray in our world by thinking, oh my gosh, everything is terrible. And yes, there is a lot of sin and a lot of brokenness. But Jesus stepped into that sin and brokenness and said, I'm going to show you a way out from being enslaved to the darkness, from being enslaved to the darkness, and enslaved to bitterness, enslaved to pain and destruction. I'm going to show you a way that brings life. And so I want to remind us that on a day like today, on 9-11, that, man, in the midst of crazy things happening, God is still good. And he is still searching the earth, looking for people, looking for the hearts of men and women that are willing to say, Lord, I will walk the narrow way. I will not allow this or that to make me deterred. And all of us have experienced pain, different levels in our life. All of us experience loss and tragedy. But it doesn't mean you stop. You get up and you keep going, right? And I think that's the, my encouragement to you today is when you reflect on a day like today, man, get up and keep going, right? Like the last thing we need to do is when we feel pushed back or something's painful, hurtful, just to stop and quit and sit and self-pity and cry. I, I would oftentimes picture as Jesus, if I ever feel like that in a moment, him reaching his hand out and said, Tyler, you ready? You ready to go? Come on, let's walk. Come walk with me. Walk with me, right? And I think that is God's invitation to us. And again, on a day like today. Well, I think it's also fitting that we are continuing our series on loving God. It's pretty simple. It's not very complicated, We are just walking through some foundational pieces as a church as to what does it look like to really love God, to love him, not just to say that, but to prove that, to demonstrate that, that there is evidence of the love of God in your life and in my life. And if you're going to say that you are a Christian, a Christ follower, if you are pursuing Jesus Christ, that there needs to be evidence of that in your life. And so how can we work together on that to say, hey, we're all on different levels in our spiritual journey or in our maturity under Christ. But we want to encourage us to, hey, man, he's already given us the basics of the faith to, hey, this is what it looks like to love God. And we have to align ourselves with that teaching. Now, today we're going to be talking about um, loving God in the context of uh, living by the Spirit, You can say walking with the Spirit, right? With the Holy Spirit, right? And so let me just kind of go back a little bit. Um, My story um, really growing up is I didn't know too much about the Holy Spirit. Um, You know, there's a few teachings here and there. We'd done stuff in Sunday school. I, I didn't know him. I knew he was part of the Trinity, which whatever that was. I knew he was, uh, you know, it was like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We had songs about them. We had hand motions. We would color pictures, you know, God, and then Jesus with the flowing hair and beard. And then you've usually, it's usually a picture of like a dove. Like Holy Spirit always gets put in the bird box of like, oh, this is what the Holy Spirit looks like. He's a dove. Well, it came in the form of a dove that day, that moment. He's not always a dove, right? And so 
just for clarity, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, he's a dove. No, he's, he's actually a lot powerful, more powerful than a dove. Um, but I didn't really have a lot of context. So actually growing up, I didn't have a lot of beef with the Holy Spirit. I just didn't really know much about him. I know in a room like this, some of you guys have beef with the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? Or you have beef with someone's uh, manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their life. Or someone and they're operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Or what you've heard about something of the Holy Spirit. You've got some beef. You've got, I say that and you're like, ooh, like hair comes up a little bit like, okay. Some of you guys are like, man, I've been waiting for somebody to talk about this. And other people are like, holy who? Like, who are we talking about? I thought this was a Jesus church. Who? What is the? Well, okay, so let me just say that so we're all kind of loose and not uptight, okay? Because the Holy Spirit has been here before us, right? In the beginning, Genesis 1. I won't go there today, but read it so you can fact check me. In the beginning, guess what? He was. He existed. He hovered over the waters of the earth. Before Adam and Eve, those beautiful people were made, the Spirit of God was present and alive, right? So he has been around since before us, right? And the Spirit of God, he is part of the Godhead, is God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, worked together in this beautiful relationship, which we'll unpack. But growing up, I didn't know much. So then I go off to college, and I work at a summer camp one summer. And I'm working at this summer camp, and, you know, camp counselors, just kind of a mixed bag at these Christian camps. Let's just be honest. <laughs> right? Some are like, man, this person really loves Jesus. Some are like, this guy's not even saved. How did he get in here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm there, and I'm kind of, I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, I'm saved, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not diehard Jesus follower. I'm on team Jesus, but I'm not like sold out because I'm like, I want to be quasi normal, right? Because I still cared about what people thought about me. And so therefore I was going to hold back because I didn't want, you know, to be that guy. So there I am at camp, but there was a girl there who was totally sold out for Jesus. Her name is Kelly. And I remember one day she was one of the counselors. She said, hey, she, she brought up in her staff meeting. She said, hey guys, um, if anybody wants to, I'm going to fast lunch today, and we're going to go to this pavilion, and any counselor want to come with you, we're going to pray and fast for our campers. I'd never heard anyone ever, known anybody that ever fasted in my life. I was 19. I didn't know anybody. Nobody. I thought fasting was like wrong, like medically proven this is going to kill you or something. So I'm like, I'm thinking fasting. Well, that was in the Bible. That was then. I mean, this is now. Let's not, you know, let's not do that. And, but something in that moment, I'm like, I think I need to do this. Because I'd seen Kelly for a few weeks interact with her campers, and she was different. She loved them in a way and talked about them in a way that none of us did. And I was like, something is different about her. So I said, okay. And like eight or nine counselors came that day. I think it was all of our first times of fast. So we're like fasting lunch. So again, perspective. I'm like fasting lunch, like big deal. Now I'm like, I just forget to eat lunch half the time, okay? Uh, so it was like this big deal. And so we go and, and, and we're there and we're like praying. She's like leading us and we're like praying. We're like really praying. She's like, we're gonna shout and we're gonna pray and we're gonna name off these campers. And hey, we're gonna name off the campers that are having a struggle. We're gonna believe God that's gonna break through. And I'm like, whoa, what did I walk into? And man, that one hour changed me. I walked away from that like, she has something, I don't. 
I love Jesus, so does she. But man, the way that she is walking in her faith is a different level. I don't, I mean, I feel like I'm child's play over here. And she's, uh, so the summer goes through. And, um, you know, fast forward, I go through that fall semester, junior year. I get into my spring semester, junior year, and I meet Ashley on a random weekend in Waco, Texas, which is another long story. That's my wife now. So we met. And in a few weeks' time, is starting to date her, get to know her. I was like, this girl reminds me of somebody. Kelly, what is it about this? They have the same thing. What do they have? So I began to know her. And she starts talking about a passion for Jesus and this deal and conviction and how she was listening to God. I'm like, listen, what did he say? Like, I've been, (laughs) how do you do that? You know, is there a hotline? What is going on? And I'm like, but she had, like the way she talked about people was different. It was like honor on her lips. The way she talked about sin was like, I don't want anything to do with it. I wasn't playing, towing the line to see how, how much can I sin without getting in big trouble. That's not the circles I ran in. The circles I ran in was like, let's not get arrested. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, let's avoid rated R movies most of the time. But if it's a really good one, let's watch it. <laughs> I mean, we didn't, our lines were blurred. It wasn't blurred for her. It wasn't blurred for Kelly. It was clear. And I was like, where is this clarity? Where is this? And then she would share stories about like telling, like sharing the gospel with somebody, which everyone growing up in the church, you were told you need to be able to share the gospel. But how many times did you actually do it? Right? You were told you need to pray. Did you actually ever pray? I'm like, I prayed some, but I don't know if that was even prayer. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden the reality, it's like this veil of like, okay, there is something I am missing. We're reading the same Bible, but I'm not seeing it with the same lens. Something's happened. They have something I want, but I, don't, but I didn't know what it was. So again, so, you know, fast forward in my life, and I, I'm dating Ashley, and I'm, and I'm attending the church she's at, which is Antioch and Waco, and I'm showing it to these life groups with these other college students, and I had been in some small groups in college, and it was fine, and it was okay, but these ones were like, they were like a little more serious, like, like willing to like share things about their life because they wanted help. They didn't want to just like feel good getting off their chest. It was like, I'm sharing this struggle in my life or this challenging thing, and I want to be free from it now, and we were like, and I'm like, okay, and then they were serious, and my groups was like, hey, same thing, yeah, same thing, all right, bro, maybe next time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it, 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 it'd be like a quarterback throwing an interception and say, hey, it's okay, we'll get the next one. And then he throws an interception, they get the next one. And, and every other time it goes on, they just throw, keep throwing interceptions. You're like, uh, eventually, are you going to stop throwing interceptions or what is going on around here? But that's, but that's what I experienced, right? And so all of a sudden, I'm entering into this world and I'm realizing the missing piece for me was the Holy Spirit, Not that I didn't know about him, but I did not know him. And that's a big difference. To know about something is one thing. You can know about parenting without being a parent. You do not know parenting until you are a parent. Period. You can know about marriage. You do not know marriage until you are married. That is just the bottom line. Right? You can know about people who run marathons. But you don't know marathons until you've run 26.2. I've only done a half, so I know about half marathons. 
right? Thank you for that encouragement. I've always felt less than wanting to not do the 26. And I think I'm going to stay there. So here's the deal, though. But then I started thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, am I even saved? Like, these women are not only holier than me, more passionate about Jesus, more joyful. They see sin clear. They're encouraging people. People like being around them. It's like when they're around, it's like things start to change. The faith love, I'm like, what am I doing over here, you know? But I realized, hey, I'm in good company. Because in Ephesus, Paul ran into some disciples in Acts chapter 19, verse 2, and it says this. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. I was like, thank you, Lord. <sighs> there is hope. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, I mean, I thought I must have missed something. Like big, 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 you know? And I had, but I, but there's hope. And I just want to tell you in life, quick pause, anything in life, guess what? God is so patient with us. His grace is, there's no, there's no end his patience. And you know what? If you wake up tomorrow, if you wake up in a year, he's there. Of course, I want everybody in my life to wake up tomorrow, you know, with the revelation, with the whatever. I want my kids just to get it now. But you know what? It's a process, right? And so there I was realizing, okay, there's guys that were disciples in Acts 19 that said, we've not even heard of a Holy Spirit. So, you know, for us, I just want to look at a few passages today to bring some clarity to any confusion. And, and maybe even for some of us, uh, this isn't everybody, but just to open up your eyes to, hey, there's more. You know, like I, I, I think I finally had language for it when we started the church back in 2009. And, you know, and, and people would say, you know, what, what are y'all doing or what's the deal? And I said, well, I, I said, honestly, I, I just want to take, I want to invite people into a church where they can go on a journey of discovering the more of God. And, and, that's, and that's not only like the Holy Spirit. That's like the more of God and like freedom from sin, like real freedom. That's the more of God in like marriages that actually honor each other and speak highly of each other. That, that's the more of God where slander and gossip's just not even in our midst. Like that's the more of God when all of a sudden we see children through the way Jesus sees them and we love them and we serve them. It's the more of God of listening to him and hearing his voice and knowing he can reveal things to you without having a preacher or teacher. He can show you things that you've never seen before because he loves you, wants to speak to you. I never had that stuff in college. And so we wanted to start a church that said, hey, wherever you are on the journey, there's more. Yeah. And, and, and what we want to do is say, hey, we want you to be on the journey where there's more and you stay hungry until the day you die, to the day you meet him face to face, you stay hungry. Because what I don't want is a church that just says, oh, we plateaued at 27, man, as of the apex. And it's been downhill ever since. I don't, I don't want your best years to be the college retreat in a month. The, hey, that was the greatest time of my life ever. Look back 30 years later. Wow, what, what how sad, you know? I, I, don't, I, I don't want world mandate to be the highlight of your entire spiritual life. I want it to be a key marker, but I don't want it to be it. Because I want you to keep going. It's like, man, I'm, there's more. You know, it's like there's more to discover about God. So I just want to share a few passages, okay? So let's just unpack who is the Holy Spirit, okay? First, he is God. He is God. Genesis 1, 26a, I kind of referenced this. Then God said, let us make man in our, in our image. 
after our likeness. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. From the beginning, he describes himself as we, as we, the triune God. You know, Paul's last words in the second letter to the Corinthian church capture this idea. He said in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. It's the fellowship. It's the, do you see this relationship happening? You know, when you think about it, <clears throat> maybe in a, in, a, in a metaphorical way, so you can think about water, you can think about sunlight. So let's do sunlight, okay? There's three parts of the sun, okay? And there's heat rays, light rays, chemical rays. Now, if you're still in school, you're like, oh yeah, I know that stuff, right? Like my kids know this better than me, okay? There's heat rays, light rays, and chemical rays, right? Heat rays are felt and not seen. Right? That's why we're always sweating around here in Texas. Right? Light rays are seen but not felt. That's why we wear sunglasses. Right? Chemical rays have an effect though they are not seen nor felt. And altogether we have sunshine. Right? It's three rays, one light. Three rays, one light. Three rays, one sun. Three rays equals sunshine. You need all three for the full effect. Do you hear me? You need all three, which means we have to learn about all three. And we may know more about one than the other, but it, it's not an excuse to just say, well, I'm just going to be on team Jesus. I need to be on team Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Not only is he God, but he leads us into all truth. John 16, verse 13 through 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I mean, that is good news. He will lead us into all truth. <clears throat> Thank you. Right? Thank you, it's not whatever human is espousing their things today. I, I want you to listen to me, but I want you to listen to me through the lens of filtering through anything I say through the scriptures. I want you to listen to me, but I don't want to be the loudest voice in your life. The loudest voice in your life should be the voice of God, right? The spirit of God. He should be the loudest voice in your life. And then the second loudest voice should be your parents. <clears throat> Just remember the Ten Commandments. Hey, parents get a slot in there, right? Honor your father and mother. And if you do that, what's going to happen? And live long. You want the secret to long life? You ready for this? It's going to blow your mind. You got to honor mom and dad. It doesn't say honor mom and dad because they just treat you great. It's your choice. You can choose to forgive people who won't forgive you. You can choose to honor people who won't honor you back. You can choose to love your enemies that ain't going to love you. That is the way. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm telling you, that is what we are called to. He leads us and guides us into all truth. That is good news. He is the administrator of God on earth, right? He's the expressor of God on earth. God is speaking through his Holy Spirit. Whenever someone says, hey, I'm hearing God, I'm listening to God, oftentimes what they're referencing is, the Spirit of God is speaking to me. And I'm not doing a whole teaching on that today, but let me just reference and say this. Back to my summer days at, at camp, 
I had no idea. I've been on a journey and still on a journey of how God speaks to me and speaks to people, okay? And I could share stories all day about the variety of ways. There's not just a way. But here's what I want to say. God will speak to you in the way that you can understand. He speaks your language, specifically your heart language, your mind language, whatever that is. He speaks it. So for some people, you'll be praying, Lord, I would need you to speak to me, God, about this situation. And he literally may give you like a picture in your mind. Or he may reference a passage in the Bible. Right? Or he may give you a metaphor, illustration. Or he may be very direct with you. God's been very direct with me at times. There's, there's nothing fuzzy about it. It's just like, doot, doot. Oh. Right? Or, or I'll be journaling and all of a sudden I find myself writing things. And I'm like, where did that come from? Because I did not make that up. And it's like, and the, oh, that's what you wanted me to see. Or it's reading the same passage you've already read 10 times before. And all of a sudden it's totally different. And you're like, man. I can't believe that applies to my situation today. Like we're shocked. It's like, well, of course. Like, God knows what you need when you need it. And so just, just as a church, let's not compare how we hear God to one another. But let's make sure that whatever hearing is filtered through this. Right? God isn't going to tell you to go uh, hit your kid in the face. It's a bit extreme. It's like, well, God said, hit my kid in the face. And I didn't. Didn't say that. Incorrect. You're wrong. You're listening to the devil. Okay? Because the devil speaks too, just, you know. He's really good at that. He's speaking all over the world right now. Right? So just be clear. There's not just a voice. There are voices. So how do you know which is the right voice? The more you get this in you, the more you surround yourselves with others that are getting this in them, and hearing God together, guess what? The voice gets clearer. It's very fuzzy and muddled when this is not part of your life and these people aren't either. Most people will tank and they say, well, I'd love it. And, they, and, and you know, it's like, okay, hey, have you been reading the Bible? Well, no. Have you been in community with other Christians, believers? Well, no. But I'm hearing God really clearly. You're a liar. You're not. Because there's facts. The fact is you can't do that. Because God didn't set up that way. He set us up to be together in community and to know his word. So just to be clear, at Antioch Community Church, and any church you go to, we want people that are worshiping in spirit and truth. It's both and. It's not one way or the other, and there's not a heavier weight than one or the other, because I don't believe Jesus taught that way. I don't believe Jesus lived that way. We're meant to find this balance in him. All right. We doing okay? We tracking here? Okay. Great. When does someone receive the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. Because you got to remember, I was concerned. I was like, man, maybe I'm not even saved. Maybe I don't know what the heck I'm doing around here. You know, like, have I been lied to my whole life? Like, I pray the prayer at least a dozen times. And I've been going to church. And I'm, I mean, I'm like, I think I've, and in my circle of friends, I thought I was pretty good. Like, you know, not like arrogant, but like, I'm, you know, like your path is pretty broad. Mine's a little, mine's, mine's medium width right? It's not narrow yet. We're not, we're not here, but we're, we're medium. You know, I'm getting there. And I was like, what is going on? And reminded of Ephesians 1, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That is great news. Great news. Because I did receive the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really know what I was receiving. And I didn't really know how to walk with him. Sometimes you can receive something and not even know what to do with it. Right? And that was me. It was like, I received the Holy Spirit, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to walk with him or how to be activated in my life with the Spirit of God. I didn't have anyone really teaching me or discipling me or mentoring me or training me. I didn't know. So I was just kind of like, it's kind of like Holy Spirit, like sitting dormant a little bit. And, and, and let me just say this. It wasn't like the Spirit of God just took a nap. You know what I'm saying? But it's more so like you can choose to engage or disengage, right? Like you can, you can actually stay married, but not act married, right? Like, like you, you, you can be in a house with roommates, but not actually be roommates. You're just individuals living in different rooms in the same house. There's a difference in how you relate to your environment relationships, right? And so I wasn't relating. And so the Holy Spirit does seal you for the day of salvation. And by the way, that is like one experience. He didn't have to reseal you. Like he's guaranteed, like right there, it's like sealed for the day of salvation. Thank you, Lord. Like I don't have to go back every year and offer a sacrifice. Say, would you seal me again? Because the time's expiring, right? Like, like renew your subscription to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work like that. Once, once your subscriber is for life, it is for life. There's no expiration, okay? And by the way, it's free, unlike everything else we have to pay for, right? Because Jesus paid for it. But you are sealed, right? You are sealed forever. So I want to tell you, if you have received Jesus Christ, the fact that he died on the cross, he rose from the grave, he didn't just die, he died for you. He died for your sins. His blood was shed. And so his blood would then, then all of a sudden now we who meant to be on the cross, who we were meant to be the sacrifice, because guess what? We need to pay the price for those sins. We weren't worthy to be on that, to take that sacrifice ultimately for humanity, but Jesus did so that he took our place on the cross where we should have been in the judgment zone. He took it upon himself, the sins of the world, sins of mankind, and God poured out his wrath on him in that moment and said, somebody's got to pay the price. And Jesus paid the price. He was buried in the grave. He rose on that Sunday morning, which is what we celebrate Easter. He came back to life, defeated death, appeared for 40 days to 500 plus people, probably more, who knows, doing miracle signs, walking through walls, showing us disciples again say, hey, it's the real me. It's Jesus. I'm the resurrected Christ. And now that I've done this, guess what? The enemies now have been defeated. He's not, he's not, he has not disappeared. He's been defeated, meaning now his power grip has just been loosened. And so now people walking with the spirit of God can push back the darkness. I've never heard a story of somebody who is walking in the spirit of God, like in the power of God, coming against darkness where they lose. Doesn't happen. I'm telling you, the power of God, it is to surpass, but it takes faith, and it takes a maturity of the believer, and it takes a boldness and willingness to say, bring it on. And I've heard crazy stories, probably some of you have as well, and I won't get into those today. I'm trying to make the point, though. If Jesus could touch the skin of somebody who had leprosy, which was going to kill them, um, and cleanse in a moment. He has the power to touch cancer today, and he's done it to cleanse the cancer. He has the power to get people out of wheelchairs. And I have shaken hands with at least two people that were confirmed dead, resurrected back to life 
in my life. And that's where it gets freaky. And you're like, okay, I don't know how that's possible. But Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And he also said, you'll do greater things than me. So however many people Jesus resurrected while his time on earth, there's probably been thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. I don't know how many left. I mean, it's crazy. I'm trying to get the point across. The Spirit of God is not the junior partner of the Godhead. He's a senior partner. And he wants us to go on the journey with him. He wants you to live in faith, not fear. He wants you to walk with him. He wants to show you things. So you are sealed for the day of salvation, but there is more. Acts chapter 1 through 8. This is the more that I was experiencing. We're going to wrap it up here in just a minute. That was the more I was experiencing when I started, when I got to know Kelly, when I started dating Ashley and getting this environment. It's like, wow, there's more. What is the more? In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said this to his disciples, right? This is after the resurrection, right? So this is resurrected Jesus, okay? So like, I don't know what he looked like, but I'm sure there was some sort of glow going on. Like, you know, you watch these Marvel movies, you're like, oh, so cool. And it's like, those guys are nothing. They're just made up characters. This is the real, this is the real hero, Jesus, right? Who's just like ready to roll, okay? And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Which means he covered all of humanity. He didn't say it stops here in this town. He said, so why do we have a missions conference? Because we're saying to the ends of the earth. We want to be people that are willing to do our part in our day and age to push back the darkness and reach the unreached in our world who've never heard about Jesus or the Holy Spirit, by the way. We want to bring that to them. And so that means someone has to be bold. We have to take risk. We have to sacrifice. We have to serve somebody else that may put our life in danger, which is what some of our people do. But it's worth it because they've counted the cost. And it's worth it. It's worth it to be bold and to say on campus, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? No, don't be weird about it. You know, just be normal. And say, can I tell you, when I started walking with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden the sin struggles I had in my life started just being dismantled. I am telling you, if you're here and you're saying, man, there's stuff in my life I can't shake. Let me tell you the solution. It's more of this. And it's walking with the Spirit, and it's being open to a few people. I guarantee you, there is a way out. I mean, I don't know how to say it. That's like the three-part manual for you. It's the Word of God, it's the Spirit of God, and the people of God. You, you want freedom? That's it. I could confirm that all day long in the Scriptures. That is the way to freedom. Not momentary. Not just in this season. For life. For life. If you want it, but can take all three. You can't just be a bookworm or read the Bible and just, that's, no, no, no. You got to live in community. You got to walk with the spirit. So there's more. So he says, you guys wait. And then we know the rest of the story. The spirit of God comes. They have Pentecost. That's when the crazy stuff started happening. Half of us probably would have ran away. Oh my gosh, getting really weird. But man, God came in power. And the result of that, guys, that whole area region, the gospel went forth. The boldness came. Like the biggest result of the day of Pentecost was the boldness of people sharing the gospel, the uh, people repenting of sins, being transformed into God's likeness. I mean, that's the power. Yes, the, the day of Pentecost where everything got crazy and tongues of fire are coming and people are speaking in different languages and you're like, wow, this seems like some crazy movie scene. It's like that was for a moment. 
But the cause and effect was that the Spirit of God came on people and gave them boldness and courage and conviction to be like Jesus and to do what Jesus had already done. Jesus walked in the Spirit, and he imparted that to them. And then to this day, 2,000 years later, guess what? He's saying he's available to you. So that's what we're going to end. I want to invite the band on up this morning. I could have gone more, but you know what? As it goes, you just usually prepare more than you have to say. Um, but, you know, I want to I wanna end with this. The band makes your way up here. And, um, you know, I just, I just want you guys to, um, to know that the invitation is there for more. And, you know, I, I didn't get time to get into it, but, you know, the, the Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit's described as fire. And in my life, I've been prayed over before, and it felt like fire on my body, like sweating. I feel like I was being burned almost. And those few times this happened, it's actually been about sin. And the God was literally, like, dipping me, like, in this boiling something that just burned up the sin. It's like, it's finished, you know? The Holy Spirit described as wind. I mean, I've been in this virus and heard others just sharing, hey, sometimes we're there, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the wind came into the room. Like, not outside. Like, and it's like, what is happening? And I don't know. I, there's mysteries of God I don't know about, and I'm okay with that. Because I trust his nature. If he wants to blow wind inside of a closed room with four walls, sounds great. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, who am I to judge? But, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not living for that moment. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, wow, okay, God wants, he wants to blow something out today. Great, sounds great. Let's do it, Lord. You know, like he's described as a dove, right? We know that Jesus baptized in the water. And the last thing I'll just share with you is this. You know, I, years ago, someone shared with me the illustration. They said, you know, when Jesus was water baptized, he came up out of the water. And you got to remember, a couple of things happened. One, the Father came, the voice of God the Father came, and he said, this is my son. I'm well pleased. You know, he affirmed his son, Jesus. I want you to hear that today. If you've given your heart and life to Jesus, you've surrendered to him, God wants to say to you, hey, this is my daughter. She's been adopted in my family. This is my son. He's adopted in my family. Hey, I love you. I love you. I'm for, you're mine. You're mine. I sealed you the Holy Spirit. You're sealed. You're mine. No one's taking that away. But then what happened? Then it says, the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and rested upon him, upon his shoulder. And this man years ago said, he said, you know, whenever I've thought about that scripture, I always thought, um, you know, the dove never left. Doesn't say the dove then flew away an hour later. And so he said, I want to approach life with every step I take, I take with a dove in mind. And it really helped him in his walk with God to say, how do I live by the Spirit? I mean, just everywhere I go with my kids or in business or working out or going to class or I want to I want to be aware of the spirit of God. I don't want to just like ignore and like ask for a check in every now and then. I want to. So like what I say in this moment to my child, it matters. Spirit of God, I'm, I'm a temple for the Lord. Right. What I say to this friend, this coworker, it matters. I can't just I need to walk and live such a way where I'm saying Spirit of God, you're with me, right? And, and the, you're not alone. You're not walking life alone. So I want to invite you to stand this morning as we close. And, um, 
Yeah, I just want to invite some of our leaders up real quickly. Sorry, I'm going a little long here, but just come on up, some of our life group leaders. And I, I just want to invite you this morning, if wherever you're at, if, if you're feeling like me and you're like, man, I didn't even know there really like, was a Holy Spirit, that's great. But it, it, it took me initiating like some hunger to say, God, would you show me what this looks like? Just start inviting, like you start opening your heart up to say, Lord, I want more. I don't know, but would you reveal that to me? Some of you here this morning and you've been struggling with some stuff for a while and you're like, man, I need somebody to pray over me with the power of the Holy Spirit to just say, let's be finished. Like I need someone like Kelly that's willing to fast a lunch for me to say, I want breakthrough in your life. I'm gonna contend, I'm gonna fight in that realm so that you are free. If you need that, these guys will fight with you here this morning. Um, and if you're here and you're just saying, man, I just, I just need someone to pray for me. I don't know what about I just need someone to pray for me. I just, I need the spirit of God in my life. I don't feel him. I don't know if he's present. I don't, maybe, I don't know. If you're saying, I want more of the spirit of God, just come on, let somebody pray for you, lay hands on you, encourage you. Um, that's what we want. So if you got something this morning, don't leave her without getting met by God. Amen. All right, Lord, we thank you. We trust you. We're just asking that you would do an incredible work this morning. Spirit of God, just come. Come meet us in this place this morning. Amen.